It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Well, what's up, everybody? It's been a little while. Good to be back on the radio. It's your boy, Brian Shapiro, back at you. Pushing the Limits, new show. Really excited about it, and I'm really happy to be here on KSHP. It's like riding a bike, folks. I've been on radio for 20 years. Actually, it's funny. 20 years of doing radio, this is probably the longest period of time I've been off the air. It's been like maybe two and a half months or so. But, hey, man, I'm really happy to be here. I feel like, uh, what was it, uh, the movie Eddie Murphy coming to America when he arrives in in uh, in uh, New York, and he said, I'm so happy to be here. That's how I feel right now. Uh, anyway, a lot to get to. I haven't been on the air for a little while, so a lot to go over today. We're going to have a lot to talk about. I've had people every single day asking me, what happened to the Vegas take? Where are you? When are you going to be back on the air? What happened? I'll get to that, and I'll explain it in a few minutes here, but there's a lot of people that I want to thank. But before I thank some people that gave me the opportunity to do this show here at KSHP, I think this is probably the most important thing that I'm going to say throughout the entire show. And that is, as a radio host, you never want to take over a show from somebody that loses their life, right? It's a horrible tragedy. Of course, I'm talking about Brian Blessing. And even though I wasn't extremely close with Brian Blessing, uh, we were always cordial to one another. He was an avid listener of my show, The Vegas Take. We talked about that. And I went to a few of his remotes. Just a super nice guy. And it's really sad. And when he passed away... You know, I sent thoughts and prayers to his family, and I say the same thing today. And I think Brian would probably agree with this. If there's one really important thing that me and Brian have in common, it's our passion for radio. You know, Brian had a lot of passion for doing his show. Not just a knowledgeable hockey guy, but just a good dude. I mean, I remember I used to sit with Brian next to him uh, for some Vegas Golden Knights hockey games. I mean, he would see things on the ice that the average fan just wouldn't see. He was a lot of fun to sit next to, and he was just a good dude. So again, really sad. Uh, we do very different shows here. Uh, you know, Brian did a great show, uh, but we do things a little bit differently. So I'm not a replacement. And trust me, as I say once again, never, ever would I ever want to take over a show of somebody that, you know, that loses their life. It's a tragedy. Brian's going to be uh, sorely missed. Uh, there's no question about that, not just here on KSHP, but all over the Valley, right? Even in Buffalo, right? You know, we know he was a huge Buffalo Sabres fan and a, and a great guy. So that is my promise to... Uh, the memory of Brian Blessing, uh, so to speak, and that uh, just like Brian, I'm going to bring it every day, and I'm going to be very passionate, and I promise you, never never pack it in. That That is for sure. There's a lot of people that I need to thank before I get to you know why I left the Vegas take and why I'm here now. Uh, first of all, I want to thank the people at uh, KSHP. Uh, Justin's been awesome here. My producer also, uh, Mark Hayes, the general manager here. Everyone's been very nice, and it's so nice to be a part of a station that doesn't promote propaganda or misinformation. So I'll start off by saying that. I'll get to that in a minute here. But but no, in all seriousness, everybody here has been very nice, and, and I'm really, really uh, happy to be here. There's a lot of other people that I need to thank as well uh, for giving me this opportunity before we get to business here. Let me start with a guy, a voice that you hear here on KSHP. Brian Feldman is a really good friend of mine. He's a great guy. And a great friend. Uh, couldn't be here without him. My friend Roxanne McCoy, the president of the NAACP. She's just been so awesome. Uh, my friend Rich Baldwin, just a great friend and somebody that supports what I do. And I, and I really want to thank him. He's going to be on the show jumping on from time to time as well. And uh, my friend Chris. Chris Wynn's going to be in studio here, by the way, hour number two. I'll get to that 
in a moment. Uh, and then, uh, you know, really special friend of mine, somebody who's opening up a new restaurant here uh, in Las Vegas called Stallone's. Uh, you probably know him from the hit reality TV show Tanked. Uh, I know him as one of my best friends. His name's Brett Raymer. You know, the great thing about him is, you know, he's he's not going to tell you what you want to hear. He's always going to tell you the truth. Maybe it's stuff you don't want to hear. But, you know, I've had those types of conversations with Brett, and I know that I would not be here right now still doing radio if not for Brett. So I want to thank him as well. I'm sorry if I left anybody out. Uh, there's a lot of people probably that I would uh, need to thank that maybe I left out there. But I have some great friends, and I'm very fortunate uh, that I know some really, really good people in this town that I trust. There's also people in this town that I don't trust. There's also people in this town that I'm not a huge fan of. There's people in this town that are two-faced, that'll say certain things to your face and be nice and then say things behind your back. Uh, what is it that one of my friends said to me the other day? He said, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. <laughs> it's kind of something that I, that I kind of... Uh, I'm careful about. But anyway, thank you to all those people that have helped give me the opportunity to be here. Now, every single day since I left the Vegas take and left the airwaves on that station, I've had people every single day ask me, Brian, what happened? What happened to the Vegas take? Are you still doing a show with your co-host? What's the deal? What's going on? And my response has been the same the last two and a half months. I will let you know when I'm back on the air. And I'm going to fulfill that promise. And even though I'm not going to go in grave detail, I'm going to give you my explanation. And then it is in the past. And I'm not going to bring it up ever again. Because I'm going to be focusing on what I'm doing now. So here it is. Okay, I'm going to start out by saying this. I was in the hospital in the ICU about a year and a half ago with COVID. I almost lost my life. I was almost put on a ventilator. While I was in the hospital... Doctors didn't even know if I was going to make it. And I'm basically a quadriplegic. I can't move. I can't do anything. I could move my fingers, though. So I can go on my cell phone and that sort of thing. So I'm on social media, which probably wasn't a good idea. But as I'm in the hospital, not knowing if I'm going to make it, people that I work with every day are spreading misinformation about COVID, saying masks don't work and the virus, you know, this is a hoax, so on and so forth. Imagine how frustrating that is. Knowing that you work with someone every single day that is downplaying the virus as you're in the hospital and you could lose your life. Then, after semi-recovering from COVID, which was at least a few months, I get back into the radio station. And in between the Vegas take are these nationally syndicated talk show hosts. Brian Kilmeade, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin. In my personal opinion, and I think many others as well, these are talk show hosts that every single day spread propaganda, hatred, and misinformation about COVID. And here I am coming back to work, almost dying of the virus, and I got to deal with that? And I got to deal with a company that promotes that sort of stuff, that has no problem putting that on the airwaves. And God forbid... If I say something negative about our former president, Donald Trump, that's blasphemy. But you could go on the air and you could say that the vaccines are killing millions of people and they're extremely dangerous. You could say that COVID is no worse than a cold. That's okay. But the second I call Donald Trump the orange turd or something along those lines, that's blasphemy. Do you understand how frustrating that is for me? We're all entitled to our own opinions. I like a good debate. 
Heck, we're going to have one on this show tomorrow. A guy running for office, running for governor of the state of Nevada. Joey Gilbert's going to join me in studio. I'm looking forward to that conversation. We're probably going to disagree on a lot of things. I'm looking forward to the conversation. I like a good debate, but I don't like it when people lie. And I don't like it when, especially when people lie about a global pandemic that has killed almost a million people in this country. So I had to deal with that every day. I also had to deal with working with people that never showed up, or I shouldn't say never, but at least on a weekly basis, didn't show up to work on time, showed up in the middle of a segment, showed up late. It was very frustrating and stressful for somebody like me. I had to put together a three-hour show every single day. I didn't have a producer. I think for the three years I did the Vegas takeover there at that other station, Two and a half years out of the three years, I didn't have a producer. I had to, and I take it very seriously. I had to put together a show every day on my own. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of work. So I had to deal with that also. And that was tough. It's extremely difficult. Well, I'm not going to get in grave detail here, as I said, there were also major financial issues. Financial issues that I had nothing to do with. So you had that going on. All the misinformation, people showing up late on a regular basis, Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about, a promo at this station that ran, which ran, was January 6th an insurrection? Let's talk about it. That's like me putting out a promo that says, is the earth flat or is it round? It's embarrassing. And I didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want to be a part of that. And I'm not anymore. And you know what? I'm a happier person because of it. I can only tell you that every single day, For the last two years, and I'm sad that I'm going to admit this, but for the last two years, I didn't enjoy going to work every day. I didn't enjoy getting into my car. I got into radio when I was 19 years old. And the reason why I got into radio is because I love it. I used to listen to Howard Stern every morning with my dad. I loved it. I said, this is what I want to do. I had a passion for it. And I got to tell you something. I woke up today and I got in my car today. And I felt that again. I felt the passion. I wanted to be here. I wanted to be on the air. Because I didn't have to worry about somebody showing up in the middle of a segment. I didn't have to worry about somebody putting no effort into the show and and putting it all on me. I didn't have to worry about showing up to a radio station and somebody telling me I can't say this or I can't say that. Don't criticize that politician, but you can criticize that one. I didn't have to worry about walking into this station today and doing that. And I didn't have to worry about doing a show and turning in, tuning into the station before my show and somebody spreading misinformation about COVID. Or just political hate speech. I didn't have to worry about that. You know how that's a weight off my shoulders? You know how happy that makes me feel? That I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore? Now listen, you put on OAN, Fox News, or, or, or Newsmax, or those that crap. Yeah, you're going to have to hear stuff like that. But I'm okay with that, even though I wish they weren't there. I'm okay with it because I don't work for them. I'm not on those stations. They do what they want. There's nothing I can do about it. But I had to work on a station that played stuff like that. On a daily basis, you know, I would do segments where I would have, and I'll still do segments like that on this show, where I'll have the head of hospitals coming on a show, infectious disease experts, managers of ICU units would come on the show and basically say the opposite of what Sean Hannity says, say the opposite of what somebody on Fox News says that are not medical experts. And that's frustrating. And it's more than frustrating because I'm very passionate about this. I'm passionate about a lot of subjects, but I'm particularly passionate about COVID because I almost died from the virus. I have a friend that I went to high school with who died from the virus, a 41-year-old, good health, a wife, kids, died. 
And two weeks before he died, I played golf with him. And I said, where are you getting all this information from? You know, he said, Tucker Carlson. I said, well, there you go. There's your problem. He refused to get vaccinated. And it's very sad. And I don't want anyone to get sick, and I don't want anyone to die. And that's why every day on the radio, I try to speak the truth. And again, we can disagree on certain topics, but there's certain things that are just not true, and there are radio hosts in this town that go on the air and spew lies every single day. You hear about all the people that are dying of the vaccine, myocarditis, all these professional athletes like the idiots, like John Stockton's of the world, who say things that are lies that sadly have platforms. That's dangerous because people hear that stuff and then they act upon it. Some people, listen, some people are going to listen to stuff like that and they believe it to be truth. And that was very frustrating for me. I had to fight that every single day. Every single day I had to deal with that nonsense. And it was awful. And I don't want to give people a platform who do that sort of stuff. You know, and it gets worse. I announced on social media last week that I am in no way, shape, or form a part of the Vegas take, and it made me very sad. And I'm not talking about radio now. I'm just talking about everything, the website, everything. And the reason why I said that, and it it makes me sad because I started the Vegas take eight, maybe eight years ago by myself, and I'm very proud of what I was able to accomplish with that because I was on a really, really conservative radio station, and yet – On any given day, I'd take two and a half hours, even three hours straight of phone calls. But they weren't just conservatives. They weren't just, you know, righties. We had a lot of people on the left that called in. We had younger people calling. We had older people calling. People of all shapes and sizes and colors, you name it. And I was really proud of that. We had a lot of women that called in as well. Not everybody that agreed with me. But I was really proud of the fact that I was able to get an audience that was very diverse and different. Because if you listen to right-wing cult radio, because that's what I call it, it's all the same. I just want to hear what I agree with. I just want to hear the same stuff over and over and over again. Just attack one side of the aisle. Well, that's not what I do. I take every issue as it is. I discuss it. I look at both sides. We have our opinions. But I'm just glad that, you know, I woke up today and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad that I have that passion again. I really do. I, I feel what I thought when I first got into radio. And I feel it again now. And I'm being honest with you all because I've never lied on the radio before. I never will. I did not feel that passion the last couple of years. I did not look forward to going to work. So getting back to what I said a few moments ago with the Vegas take and the website and all that stuff. I made an announcement last week that I'm no longer a part of that. For a lot of different reasons, but I'll just give you one. I found out that a guy that is writing articles for the Vegas Take website that my former sidekick, I I guess, hired. I don't know. Guy's name is Josh Denny. Now, most of you probably never heard of him, and I don't blame you because he's a washed-up comedian. But he used to do a show on the Food Network. They got rid of him because he openly used the N-word. This is a white comedian who openly would make N- use the N-word on social media, and he did it in a TMZ interview. This is a guy who's got a number of tweets that are anti-Semitic and racist. And my former sidekick decided to hire him. That's the guy that's writing for the Vegas Take. That was the last straw for me. I said, no, I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. That's not somebody that I would ever give a platform 
Now, there's a difference between, you know, giving somebody an interview and then hiring somebody. I hope you both know. I hope you all know both. Jeez, I hope there's more than two people listening. I hope you all know that, you know, that's not something that I would ever do. Now, controversial figures, sure. I'll I'll certainly interview them. I'm not going to hire them for a job. I think that there's a difference there. So I'm no longer associated with the Vegas take. Thank God I'm no longer associated with certain people and uh, with certain companies because that's not what I'm going to do here. That's not what I plan on doing here. And moving forward, the premise of the Vegas take, at least the way I saw it, is going to be very similar to pushing the limits. What we're doing on this show, we're going to talk a lot of local sports and national sports and, and, and big national stories, news stories that affect you. Going to do a little bit of politics, a lot of entertainment. We're going to have some celebrity guests on this show, very similar to the Vegas take. And that's why this show is very different than any other show in the Valley, in that we're not just a sports show. We're not just a political show or a news show. We do entertainment. We do everything here. I don't want to limit this show to just one thing. I've always had that vision, and that vision's not going to change on this show. I promise you that. And I also make the promise that this is going to be a very interactive show. Just like the Vegas take was. I would take two, three hours straight of phone calls sometimes if we were talking about topics and people wanted the opportunity to chime in. It's going to be the exact same thing here. And by the way, if you were wondering what the number is for this station to call in and chime in, it's 702-221-7283. I'm going to have to memorize that number myself. I'm new here. It's going to take me a little bit of time. I'm a little slow, but it'll take me a little bit of time. But I'll memorize it. It'll, It'll take a little bit. And just to give you the lineup of what I'm doing on this show today, very similar to what we're going to be doing on this show every day. A lot of hot topics, a lot of different topics. You know, there's a story about a transgender swimmer. Name is Leah Thomas. Uh, she just won the Ivy League championships as a swimmer. She was born a male, transitioned into a female, and somehow Division One in the Ivy League is allowing this to happen. I have some strong opinions on that. We will talk about that in a little bit. We're also going to talk about Former NBA player and head coach of Michigan, Juwan Howard, um, kind of B-slapping. I'll use the, the, the first letter of that word. Kind of B-slapping a coach, physically assaulting an assistant coach, and it was a disgrace and an embarrassment to Michigan, the university. You're not going to believe the excuse that Juwan Howard is making. So who was wrong here? What should happen to Juwan Howard? Well, my friend Chris Wynn is going to be joining us in studio in hour number two to talk a little bit about that. So we will get to that. Also in hour number two... You know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's between the pipes, really. Logan Thompson was fantastic yesterday, by the way, uh, for the Knights as they got a nice win on the road against a really bad San Jose Sharks team. So my friend and uh, real kid poker, one of the best poker players on the planet for the last 30 years or so, maybe 25 years. And uh, he's a VGK super fan and such a knowledgeable fan of hockey. Danny Negreanu. Will be joining us on the show in hour number two. I know Brian Blessing used to have Daniel on a lot. Uh, Daniel is a fantastic guest, so he'll be joining us in hour number two as well. So listen, man, we got a lot to get to. We got a lot to go over, but we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this story of this transgender swimmer, Leah Thomas. Division One athletics, is this dangerous? Is this dangerous moving forward for college sports to have a transgender swimmer born a male transitioning into a woman winning all these titles against other women who were born women 
Is that dangerous? So we're going to talk about that next, but before we get to that, I want to talk to you about uh, my good friend Brian and uh, owner of Jackson's Bar and Grill located on 6020 West Flamingo Road, northeast corner of Flamingo and Jones. Uh, Check them out at jacksonsbarandgrill.com. Here's what's so cool about this bar. Besides the great food and the gaming, if you're a listener of this show, you sign up for a free player's card. Mention Pushing the Limits with yours truly. Uh, At the time of sign up, you'll get $10 in free play. And they have so many great promotions there. Like I said, the bartenders are great. The food's great. Everything is awesome. So do me a favor. Check out Jackson's Bar and Grill. Again, located Flamingo and Jones. I'm there all the time, man. It's one of my favorite places in town, certainly to play slot machines. And anybody that knows me really well knows I like to play a little video poker from time to time. Now, maybe I'm not a big Caveman Kino fan. Maybe you are. Our friend Chris Wynn is a big Caveman Kino fan. He loves it. He spends all his money playing Caveman Kino. But I like a little video poker. So check it out. Jackson's Bar and Grill. Give them a call. 702-362-2116. Again, the northeast corner of Flamingo and Jones. All right, so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, A transgender swimmer, born male, turned female, winning all these league championships, competing against other women. Is this fair? We'll talk about that coming up next, and we'll also take your calls if you want to chime in. Maybe you've missed me on the air. Maybe you missed Brian and you want to just give me a call, and uh, I'll take some phone calls too. Again, that number, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, that is 221-7283. It'd be really nice to hear from you. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits. Shapiro back in the house on the airwaves. Thanks for joining us on KSHP, baby. Yeah. It's funny, that was my intro song for the Vegas take. I like that song. That's By the way, that's my friend Richard Patrick, the lead singer of the band Filter. He's going to be joining us on the show this week as well. By the way, tomorrow on the show, oh, it's going to be interesting. Guy who's running for governor on the Republican side of the aisle, Joey Gilbert, will be joining us in studio. And uh, listen, I take everybody uh, at their word that they're very serious when they run for office. And Gilbert has some opinions that are probably going to be very different than mine. But I appreciate the fact that he's coming in studio. So that is going to be interesting. That's going to be a lot of fun. we got some great guests lined up for you. By the way, former uh, – I, sh- I should say current, not former – Current Miss Nevada will be joining us in studio on Thursday. That's going to be a lot of fun. My producer, Numchuck, is probably going to ask for her number, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The, the Vegas odds on whether she gives Numchuck uh, her number, I'm going to say plus 500 if he gets the number. I'll give him credit if he does. But anyway, we'll see about that. All right, so Chris Wynn's coming up top of the hour. we got a lot to get to, a lot to go over here. Danny Negreanu, by the way, in hour number two. Anybody that's listened to me on the air, anybody that knows me personally and has known me for a while will tell you. Uh, I am the last person that would ever be homophobic, and I am the last person that would be anti-transgender. I'm not like some of these people on the alt-right that think it's a sin to be gay. Okay, first of all, if you think it's a sin to be gay, in my personal opinion, you're a moron. Okay, do what you want to do. You know, it's funny. These people that say uh, that that say it's such a sin to be gay are usually the people that are gay themselves that are afraid to admit it. Uh, Mike Pence. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I had a cough there. Something caught in my throat. But uh, in all seriousness, I'm being honest now. I'm being I'm being completely serious. The people out there that are anti-gay and anti-gay marriage and anti-transgender 
are usually the people that have those feelings themselves. And usually the people that are the most sinners are the one that talk about others that are sinning. So I wanted to bring that up because while I talk about this transgender swimmer, I am one of those people that thinks anybody should be able to allow to do whatever they want with their body. It has nothing to do with me. Uh, I don't want to see a man and a woman kissing on the side of the road any more than I want to see new men, two men kissing. Now, if you're talking about two women kissing, then we can have a conversation, but that's another story for another show. But in all, in all seriousness, I don't care what you do with your body. I don't care. I think gay people should be allowed to be married and have the exact same rights as people who are straight. I don't care. I'm not Ron DeSantis, or as I like to call him, Ron DeathSantis. This uh, don't say you're gay new policy that they're trying to pass in Florida, which is absurd. I can't imagine how difficult it is to be somebody uh, so uncomfortable in your body that you want to be a different sex. I have sympathy for you, and I feel for you. I really do. And I support you. But here's where I draw the line. And, I, and I'm, I'm, drawing it, I'm drawing the line pretty hard here. I'm going to talk about transgender swimmer Leah Thomas. If you haven't heard of her, she was born a man, transitioned into a woman, right? No problem. Do whatever you want. You want to go swimming in a public pool somewhere? I don't care. You can swim all day if you want. But here's the issue, ladies and gentlemen. She, born a he, attends the University of Pennsylvania. And here's the problem. She's on the swimming team. But she's not on the swimming team with a bunch of men. She's on a swimming team with women that were born women. Clear-cut advantage. This is a large human being. Now a she, born a he. So what happened? They just had their conference championships last week. And Thomas raced in her first individual event, and she won convincingly. Should we be surprised? She destroyed all the other female athletes. And I'm not trying to be a chauvinistic pig because I'm not. But let's be very honest on this. If you're born a man, I don't care what you transitioned into, and I don't know what I don't care what was cut off of your body, you still are going to have a tremendous advantage over a female athlete. Imagine if this happened in basketball. Do you think if you were born a man? transition to a woman, you wouldn't have an advantage in the WNBA? Are you kidding me? Of course you would. I could be talking about golf. Heck, I could be talking about bowling. Pretty much every single... Tennis is another perfect example. So, obviously, there's something wrong here. Now, Leah Thomas has won basically everything. She won every event last week. She destroyed all the competition. Imagine if you're a parent... Hear me out here for a second. You're a father or a mother. You raised your daughter, born a woman. You raised your daughter. You trained her and you got all the, you know, everything you needed to get her to be successful, become a collegiate athlete and a swimmer. And imagine if she comes in second or third, I don't know. And the person she loses to is somebody that was born a man, that transitioned to a woman. You're telling me that wouldn't piss you off? It'd piss me off. I'd be angry. Okay? Thomas set a record in the 200-yard freestyle competition on her way to another conference title. As I mentioned, she destroyed the competition. She just des- destroyed it. Now, obviously, debate, the debate now is raging. And it should be, by the way. And the debate finally reached the NCAA's doorstep last month. The governing body for college athletics announced its updated transgender participation policy, which is, by the way, ridiculous. They said the eligibility would be determined on a sport-by-sport basis. What does the sport have to do with it? Can you name me a sport? 
ladies and gentlemen, can you name me a sport where you're born a man, transitioning to a woman, that that doesn't give you a, a huge advantage? I mean, maybe a cheerleader, but even male cheerleaders, born men, trans- it's, they're, they're still going to be stronger. Can you name me a sport where if somebody is born a man, transitioning to a woman, doesn't have an advantage over other female athletes in the sport? What does it matter what sport it is? It could be golf for all I care. Female golfers do not hit the golf ball 360 yards. It just doesn't happen. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could find a few females that have the build of John Daly that might be able to do that. I don't know, but it's doubtful. Okay, it's doubtful. Am I saying that there's no women out there that can't outdrive me? No, that's not what I'm saying, but we're talking about as a whole. Tennis, golf, soccer, basketball, hockey, you name the sport. If you're born a man, you're going to have an advantage over most women. I don't care what you transitioned, and I don't care what you have between your legs or what you don't have, you're going to have an advantage. And this is ridiculous. This is insanity. And this gives the alt-right an opportunity to all the woke, the woke left. It just gives them fuel. And you know what? In this situation, they would be right. So they said the eligibility, the NCAA, the governing body, said it would be determined in a sport-by-sport basis. And if there's no national governing body for the sport, then the NCAA sport will follow the International Olympic Committee's policy. Now, I want to read you a quote from Leah Thomas, who I vehemently disagree with. Now, listen, it's not her fault. They're allowing her, okay? They're allowing her, born a him, to compete with other women. So don't have... Now, listen, I think what she is doing is wrong. I think every medal that she's won... I would throw it in the garbage because it's not an accomplishment when you're competing at the college level, born a man, competing against women. To me, that's not an accomplishment. I think it's an embarrassment. I think it's a disgrace. I don't care what you do with your body. I don't care what you decide to do. But what do you guys think about this? Because maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe some of you that are listening right now think it's okay for somebody born a man, transitioned to a woman to play college sports against other women. Maybe maybe you think I'm wrong. Maybe you agree with me. I want to hear from you. The number to call if you want to be a part of Pushing the Limits, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, the number to call, 702. I say the number really fast. I need to, People say I need to slow down a little bit. I do a lot of things really fast. That's what my dates tell me anyway. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Again, that's 221 221- 7283. And I want to hear from you. Do you think that if you are born a man, transitioned into a woman, you should be allowed to compete at the Division I college level against other women? Do you think that should be allowed? I say absolutely 100% no. No. I don't think that should be allowed. I think this is a disgrace. I think this is an embarrassment to sports. This is a joke. And it shouldn't happen. And the fact that there are people out there that think this is okay, I don't know. Maybe I want to hear from you. Give me your give me your thoughts on it. Again, that number, 702-221-7283. Why don't we start off with William? William is first up on Pushing the Limits. Hi, William. Thanks for calling in. What do you think about this? Where's J.D.? Bleeping sharp. I miss his bleeping voice okay. and his beautiful bleeping <laughs> 
Well, uh, there will be no JD on the show, unfortunately, so sorry about that. Uh, sorry to disappoint you, sir. But I do find it interesting that you found me and you found my show, but you're calling into this show and you're asking me uh, where my sidekick is. Uh, I don't know. You'll have to ask him. Find him on social media and all his fake followers, and you could uh, ask him for yourself, sir, but I don't know. Again, the number to call, 702-221-7283. Discussion is not about my former sidekick. The discussion is about this transgender born a male turned into a female that is now competing against other women at the division one college level now this is what leah thomas said in speaking about this quote i'm feeling confident and good in my swimming and all my personal relationships and transitioning has allowed me to be more confident in all of those aspects of my life where i was struggling a lot before i came out okay so listen i sympathize I understand. I get it. And as I said to start this segment off, it's going to be an extremely difficult situation and it's going to be hard when you're in a body that you don't feel comfortable and you want to be somebody else. I will say this, though. Uh, I'm in a body that I'm not very comfortable with, but I ain't cutting anything off. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that right now. But hey, to each their own. But why do you need confidence? Like, for example, if I was on a basketball court right now, okay, and I was competing against a bunch of I don't know, 10-year-olds, would that give me confidence? I, don't, I, I mean, I, I don't know. When you're a, a person that was born a male, transitioned into a female, and you're defeating a bunch of 19- and 20-year-old women that are actual women, I, I don't think that's much of an accomplishment. I'm sorry, I just don't. Again, that number to call, 221-7283. Now let's go to Bob. Bob is next on the Vegas Take. Hello, Bob. How you doing, partner? What's up, Bob? What do you think about this? I think that it should fall back on the uh, NCAA. Well, what do you think the NCAA should do? If you were working, Bob, for the NCAA, what would you do? I would not allow it at this point. Why do you think they are, Bob? Why do you think the NCAA is allowing this to happen? Because everything in, the, everything in this country is upside down right now. Well, give me another example of what you're talking about here. What, uh, now, I agree with you when it comes to this. This should not happen. I'm with you 100%. But uh, yeah. when you say everything in this country is, I don't know if I agree with that. But give, give me an example. Well, I'm just talking about with this transgender stuff. It's, you know, it's the bathroom issues. There's a lot of different issues with it. Okay, so you're uh, right. You're right. I agree. There are a lot of other issues with it. You're, you're absolutely right. Let me ask you a question. But, but so, as far as the sports is concerned, right. they're, they're, at this point, I would say there's no way to – I agree with you 100% yeah. that she's going to be ten, you know, much better athlete than any of anyone course. there's going to – of course. of course, I agree with you, Bob. But, you know, you mentioned the bathroom thing. Here's where we might disagree. I don't really care what bathrooms they use because I personally believe when people go in there, they go in there to do their business and they leave. If I'm at the urinal and I see somebody and I'm like, oh, boy, that might be a woman, that might be a guy, I really don't care. I'm just going in there to do my business. And I hear some people make the argument. I'm not saying you do, but I, I, hear, some people yeah. make, I'm, I hear some people make the argument, oh, these are child molesters. They're going to go in there. First of all, no, I, I, if somebody wants to molest a child, and God forbid, I hope they don't, I don't think they're going to transition first before they go into a bathroom. They're probably going to do it anyway. I really don't – but I, I think this is a different uh, situation. I don't have a problem with people using bathrooms that they want to use. I do have a problem with somebody born a man transitioning into a woman competing against other women. No, I agree 100% with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's, there's just no way that they should be allowed at this point. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it, everything changes, you know, 
as, sure. as, the, as the world changes. Yeah. Well, I so, have a feeling, Bob, that the NCAA is eventually going to do something about this because it's absurd. Bob, I really do appreciate your phone call. Uh, no problem, thank, sir. Thank you for calling in. 702. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, absolutely. Anytime. 702-221-7283. So there's somebody that obviously agrees with me, right? Uh, if you're born a man, transition into a woman, you should not be competing with other women. By the way, I would say at any level that is, uh, you know, that like, for example, high school, college, listen, if you're a guy like me, and I see a bunch of uh, I see a basketball scrimmage, and I see a bunch of women uh, scrimmaging, and maybe there's a few guys in there. I'll play, but that's different. And by the way, those women would probably kick my ass too. Let me be very clear on that. I'm out of shape. I have the dad bod, and I'm not even a dad. How pathetic is that? But I'm talking about organized athletics, high school, college, or even pro. Right? It's ridiculous. Uh, number to call, by the way, if, again, if you want to be a part of the conversation, two two one seven two eight three. All right, let's go to Amber. Amber is next on the Vegas Take. Amber, thank you for calling in. How are you? I'm good, Brian. How are you doing? Doing good, Amber. So what do you think about this? Well, my opinion was I, I actually I'm also I share your opinion quite a bit that I don't think it's appropriate. But I also I sort of feel like it's maybe a, a, a false flag issue, if that's what you want to call it, or I feel like that. The reason that the NCAA is allowing it to happen is they want us to get really infuriated about the success that this athlete is having mm-hmm. so that it can make it easier to make a blanket uh, discrimination against people that are in that classification. Uh, I, perhaps, I, I, perhaps. I don't have any way to prove it. It's just yeah. how I feel about well, it. Perhaps. That's a valid point. Let me ask you this, though. See, I think eventually if this continues and it goes into other sports, somebody's going to get seriously mm-hmm. hurt. What happens if uh, somebody is a born a man, transitioned to a woman, that's competing in a very, very physical sport with other women. It could be soccer, it, you know, it could be basketball. What happens if oh, somebody no, I, yeah, gets hurt? I agree, I, I agree with you completely. As a female who was an athlete when I was younger, I would not have wanted to mm-hmm. compete against men doing my same sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's fair. I just feel like this issue is such a no-brainer that I think yeah. most of us feel the same way about it. Right, that it's, right that it would be really easy to carry over into other subjects, yeah. let like me the ask ridiculous you, bathroom thing. Agree with you, Amber. Let me let me ask you something else. What would you say to Leah Thomas? Leah Thomas is the one born a man, transitioned to a woman. She claims that now she has more confidence because she's beating all these women that are actual women that were born women. I'm trying to be respectful here, but let's be honest with right. it. Leah Thomas, I don't mean to take the stance of, of people on the far right because that's not who I am, but, but let's be honest. Leah Thomas is not a woman, okay? You can transition all you want to. I'll call you a woman woman if you'd like if it makes you feel better but in my mind you're not a woman i'm sorry uh i look at uh jenner right and i look at uh what he she did to his or her body i still see the man who won the olympics now he could wear his high heels and he could have fake poops but i still see him as uh that famous olympian now i'll call him a her because i don't really care i don't want to insult somebody i'm happy to do that but anyway i went on a tangent there i'm sorry amber what would you yeah, say no, to leah thomas what would you say to her if you had the opportunity well I, I wouldn't go that far with it but what i what i would say is i feel like that like with many other social issues that we deal with in today's society that you have a responsibility that comes with being an individual in a protected class uh to not damage the class through your actions so sure, i would just sure. Really, I would more than anything ask her what the motivations are for, for doing this. Like you yeah. said, the, the medals that you win or the awards you win, trophies, whatever you get when you swim, um, what value is that to you if you know that you basically stole it? And why Agreed. would you celebrate it? And you're, you're hurting the people that are fighting for actual equality and actual rights. You're hurting the issue. Yeah. Um, I would just I would point that out to yeah. her 
that you're you're damaging the progress you're trying to make. Agree. Amber, really great call and really good to hear from you. And I appreciate uh, a yeah. female's perspective on this, too. I, I appreciate that. No Th- problem. Thank you, Amber. Glad to hear you back on the air. Thank you, Amber. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, well, no problem. Thank you. Have a good one. Um, thank you. Have a good day. Uh, 221-7283, the number to call. We're already getting better calls than I got on that other station. How about that? Uh, <laughs> that's a good thing. Anyway, uh, you know, listen, there's a lot of people on the right that are probably going to disagree with a lot of what I say when it comes to socialists, but they're probably going to agree with me when it comes to, listen, I don't, if you're a transgender, I don't care what bathroom you use. Listen, if somebody I suspect might be a female or born a female, transitioned to a man, is staring at my junk when I'm at the urinal, I'm going to think to myself, at least somebody wanted to look at it today, and then I will move on. I will take care of my business, and I will do my stuff. Uh, You know, for the people out there, and there are some people on the far right, people that are homophobic or people that are just afraid of transgenders, I don't know, they're going to say, oh, these people, they're going to go into my bathroom, and they're going to to try to rape me. Will you stop it? I don't want anyone to get uh, – I'm telling you, people say this sort of stuff. Do you think, God forbid – because you know anybody who's a rapist should get the electric chair as far as I'm concerned. But do you think – I hate to get in the mind of a rapist. But if you are, do you think that you care whether it says men or women on the bathroom door? Do you really think that matters? Oh, no, I better not go in there. I better get transition first. I mean it's such a ridiculous argument. You people are so dumb that make those kind of arguments. It's so stupid. And listen, I feel for Leah Thomas. I do. Because her entire life, born a man – She wasn't comfortable with who she was, and she needed to transition. I can't imagine how difficult that is. And I also know that there is a higher chance of many of these who are transgender that commit suicide. Because a lot of them, you know, uh, have a lot of issues going on up there. Now, some of them don't. I'm not saying everybody that is transgender is suicidal. That's not what I'm saying. But a higher percentage of them are than people who are not transitioned. That's all I'm saying. This cannot happen. Can we just be logical about this? If you're born a man, I don't care what you cut off of your body. You're still a man. Now, if you want society to call you a woman, I don't care. That's fine. You should be allowed to have every single right for that to happen. If you want to legally change your name, change your name. I don't care. But you cannot compete with other women in organized sport not only because it's unfair because it is it's also dangerous this is dangerous stuff and i don't recall the transgender that was a ufc fighter i'm I'm forgetting the name but this happened in the usc for a short period of time and this person was absolutely destroying the women that he she faced because it's not fair So here's my question, why? And by the way, I'm talking about Fallon Fox. Uh, Thank you. Fallon Fox is, is the person who I'm referring to. Now here's my question to you. Do you think that this is going to happen now in other sports? Now I know there was somebody at the Division III level, uh, somebody who was born a man, transitioned to a woman. Um, this, this person was like 6'10", competed at the college level in basketball for a short period of time. But it hasn't really happened. I haven't heard any stories of it happening at the D1 women's college basketball level. But I believe this is extremely dangerous, and it sets a very dangerous precedent. Listen, again, 
I, I don't want anyone to discriminate against anybody. This is not discrimination. If you want to compete with a bunch of other transgenders, go right ahead. In fact, I'll even take it a step further. If you are born a woman transitioning or attempting to transition into a man, I have no problem with those women transitioning to men attempting to compete with other men. I have no problem with that because I don't think it poses any risk, and I think it'd be a hell of an accomplishment. I don't care what uh, things you're putting in your body or what pills you're taking. If you were born a woman and you're transitioned to a man and you think you could compete with men at the college level, <laughs> go for it. I got You got my support. If you can make it, all the power to you. But if you're a parent, and I'm talking to the parents out there right now, and by the way, the number to call is 221-7283. Again, the number is 702-221-7283. I- I'm talking to the parents now. If you're raising your daughter in that respective sport, and they worked hard their entire life throughout high school, the younger years, teenage years, to get a Division I college scholarship, and I don't care what sport it is, and your daughter competed, and your daughter got second place in an event, maybe it's track and field, maybe it's swimming, to find out that your daughter got second place and the person who won was born a man, how would that make you feel? Would you congratulate the person who won? Would you be happy for them? Or would you be angry? Well, I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, I would be pissed off. You can do whatever you like with your body, as long as it doesn't affect me. And it'll affect me and my family if I'm raising a daughter and you're a transgender and you're competing against my daughter. I have a serious issue with that. Again, that number to call 702-221-7283. All right, let's go back to the phone lines now. Let's go to campaign. Campaign is next on the Vegas Take. What's up, campaign? How you doing, brother? I just wanted to say congratulations, you know, and you're sounding great on the radio, man. Congratulations. Thank you, my man. My, the check is in the mail, my friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? And, uh, yeah, go well, ahead. Yep. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to all the new stuff, and, and like, it just feels, it feels lighter and fresher already. Well, I'll tell you what, I wish I was lighter. I'm not. I'm heavier, but I do feel fresher. So I agree with you there. I, I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting very fat as we speak. I just had two slices of pizza before the show, unfortunately. But uh, I, okay. I appreciate those kind words, uh, campaign. I, hey, I want to ask you this before I let you go. How do you feel about yes, transgenders, born man turning uh-huh. to a woman, competing with women at the D1 level? I think it's ridiculous. What do you think? Uh, it's definitely, definitely not fair. I like speaking to someone who, you know, uh, play, playing sports, coming up playing sports and stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's. Uh, I, I think right now that it's, they're just gauging the temperature. No one wants to react because it's all about money, and they don't want to lose sponsors and all this other stuff. And but you know, morally and and you know, just logically, of course, it's. You, you know, but but it's money that controls everything, and they don't want to lose any sponsors. That's just my opinion. I don't I don't know. You know, well, you said you it. Know, so you said it. It's money that controls everything. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I, you know, and I appreciate the call campaign. Uh, thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in campaign. Good to hear from you. And uh, yeah, and 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 I'm glad that you're listening to the new show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, the number to call seven zero two. 
221-7283. Got a few minutes here coming up on break, but I'll try to get to uh, a few more calls as I can. Good to hear, by the way, from former listeners of my last show, The Vegas Take, and the fact that they uh, switched the dial and now they're listening uh, on this station. That makes me feel pretty good about it. So uh, thank you. Uh, again, that number to call, 702-221-7283. That is the number to call. All right, who do we got next on the phone line? Coming up next, we got uh, Chris. Chris is next on The Vegas Take. What's going on, Chris? Nothing much, Brian. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You seem a lot happier. I am a lot happier. Yeah, I feel like I just uh, uh, hung out with Britney Spears for the night last night. That's I'm feeling good today. Yeah. Nice, nice. I'm glad to know. see the radio show going great. I don't know where that came from. I'm not a Britney Spears fan. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but you could be, right? <laughs> I could be. That's true. I could be. Yes. But no, I just wanted to congratulate you on the show, man. It sounds like you're happy and enjoying yourself. You're in your, you're in your vibe. I am. I am in my vibe. I'm having a good time, my friend. And uh, uh, before I let you go, what are, you, what are your thoughts on transgenders uh, playing uh, sports against other women, even though some of these people are born men? What do you think about that? Well, I'm kind of a man of science, so I believe that, yes, I know God exists, and uh, but the X and Y chromosomes can't be changed. Mm-hmm. You might be able to manipulate the structure around it, but I don't feel like it should be, you know. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's like an unfair advantage, like literally. And as far as it goes with your bathroom scenario, that those people that think like that, they think like that because that actually happens in some places. All right. Well, I, 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 I appreciate the call, Chris. Thank you very much. I'm going to disagree with you. I think that whether you're transgender or not, uh, people who think like that, as you said, people that are maybe – uh, sexual predators or they're looking to commit a sexual violent act that, that ha- to me that has nothing to do with whether you're a transgender or not there's always going to be a small percentage of people in society that are going to do horrible things and i don't think the fact that uh they're, if they're a transgender or not has anything to do with it i'm sorry i just don't there are plenty of transgenders out there that have never sexually assaulted anybody and it never would so i think it's unfair with all due respect to label people like that because they want to go in a specific bathroom uh to think that way but again That's why we call this show Pushing the Limits, and that's why I say it's the most interactive show in Las Vegas because I let you guys sign off, and I want to hear your opinions. And by the way, uh, coming up next, I want to hear his opinions. Uh, Chris Wynn going to be joining me in studio. It's been a little while since I did a little radio with Chris. Former NBA player Juwan Howard, now the head coach of Michigan, he made a very, very Big mistake, a mistake that made national news, a game that was on national television. It has something to do with physical assault. You're not going to believe who he physically assaulted, and you're not going to believe the excuse now that he is making on that physical assault that took place. We have the audio for you. We're going to play that for you. You're going to hear from both coaches on both sides as well and the reasoning behind it. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing Limits with me, Brian Shapiro, right here on KSHP Radio. All right, welcome back to Pushing the Limits. By the way, eventually I'm going to crack. Eventually I'm going to say welcome back to the Vegas take. I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen sooner or later. I thought you were going to do it in the first segment. At the end of the first segment, I thought it was going down, Shapiro. All right, let me be a professional. Let me introduce that other voice first. Chris just chimes in. He doesn't even give me the opportunity to be a pro and introduce him. Okay. By the way, that happens to be my favorite band. I grew up with those guys live. York, Pennsylvania band. 
All right, so the guy joining me in studio, it's been a little while since we've done radio because I haven't been on the air for a few months, that's for sure. But uh, that is, of course, I'm talking about radio extraordinaire Chris Wynn, who you hear on the airwaves here. In fact, he was filling in for uh, another show, uh, yeah. uh, I think, last week. Is, so, uh, so Chris Wynn joining me in studio. Chris, thanks for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. It's good to see that uh, you're back on the air. It's good for the Vegas airwaves. Not going to lie to you. That's debatable. Uh, you're somebody who is... Uh, <laughs> Somebody who's engaging, uh, who is intriguing, to say the I'm, least. I'm not engaged. And, uh, yeah, while we have had you and I have had times we've had beefs, and it's happened a lot. But uh, when it comes to a radio personality, I think there's no question that this market benefits by having you on the air. And uh, as you pointed yes. out, obviously in the first segment, uh, circumstances a little bit uh, different and tragic in the situation here, obviously with our, our good friend and, uh, and our colleague Brian Blessing sure. passing. But that being said... Um, I think it's a good spot. I think it's a good spot and an opportunity yes. for you to kind of get uh, uh, just another uh, another chapter in, in Brian Shapiro's radio career. Yes, I appreciate that. And by the way, if there's anybody that's never had an issue with Chris Wynn, it's anybody that owns a casino that has caveman Kino machines. But anyway, we can talk Absolutely about Absolutely not. We can talk about that another they time. They love me. All right, so Chris, we, we talked about the transgender issue and all that. I want to move on now, and I want to talk about a guy who I grew up watching play the game of basketball, a guy that is a legend over there at Michigan yeah. who had an illustrious not only college but a very, very good NBA career. Wasn't Juwan Howard an all-star, an NBA all-star at one point? I thought he was. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So Juwan Howard was a really, really good player, and I'll give him some credit. I think he's done a pretty good job as a, as a coach. I mean, he's done a, wasn't he one of the national coach of the year? I mean, he, he's a phenomenal basketball coach. Uh, he's very young in his coaching yeah. career, but Juwan Howard, I mean, look, he's a, uh, uh, when it comes to a college basketball player, a member of the Fab Five at sure. the University of Michigan. Yep. Of course, a uh, very storied uh, uh, time in college basketball with UNLV and, sure. and uh, the Fab Five, as well as Duke University and some others as well, yep. too. And then, of course, he had a long, uh, pretty, very successful NBA career as well, mm-hmm. too. So, But his coaching yep. career, off to a start. Yep. That uh, as of right now, and I'm sure yeah. we're going to get into, yes, uh, is turning into. So there's a uh, reason why spot. we're picking up. Ju- uh, we're talking yeah. about Juwan Howard, not because of Juwan Howard the basketball player, no. or sadly not because of Juwan Howard the basketball coach, but because of what he did uh, yesterday. It was disgusting. So let me set the scene for you. Michigan's playing Wisconsin yesterday. Wisconsin yeah. belted them. Uh, they're up uh, over 20 points, and there's only about uh, five seconds left in the game. For whatever reason, Juwan Howard is still pressing, and even though he said it wasn't a full-court press. It was. It was a man-to-man full-court press. There's no reason for that. There's like 10 seconds left in the game. All right, so usually a coach will back off, especially when there's a minute or two left in the game. You just want the game to be over with. You put your reserves in there. And for whatever reason, and I'll get into it, uh, Greg Gard, who is the head coach of the University of Wisconsin, calls a timeout. Now, I can tell you when uh, sometimes that bothers the opposing coach. I was coaching a varsity girls team about 25 years ago. Gosh, I'm old. Uh, maybe a little longer than that. I wasn't coaching varsity girls when I was 16. Uh, I was like 20, maybe 20 years ago. But I was down 25 points. There was like 10 seconds left, and the coach calls a timeout. I freaked. But I didn't put my hands on anybody. You know what I did? I used all my timeouts. Mm-hmm. I called a timeout. Then I called another timeout. And then the coach shook my hand and said he was sorry because I embarrassed him. That's what Juwan Howard should have done because a coach shouldn't call a timeout with 10 seconds left when the game is over. It's stupid. Unless you want to get some subs in there, and then the ref will just say, okay, we don't need the timeout. Go ahead. They'll blow the whistle. But he didn't do that. Now, Greg Gard claims he called the timeout because he didn't want a turnover and he didn't want to put his players in that situation. Big deal. If there's a turnover, what's the worst that can happen? Michigan scores a basket and you win by 22 instead of 24. Exactly. So 
Here's exactly what took place afterwards. Now, I know you can't see it, but I have the live audio for you. Basically, it's Juwan Howard walking past Greg Gard, usually after a game, all the time. Coaches and players shake hands. Greg Gard puts his hand out. He wants to talk to Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard appears to be, appears to be ignoring him, walking uh, past him. Here is the live TV coverage of when it all went down. Have a listen to this. And Juwan Howard not going over immediately to shake hands. Now he's going to get in the line. Interesting finish here. 77. Oh, see, and they're going at it. Oh, Howard and Guard are not happy right now. As the two of them continue to have words. We told you Jawan Howard was not happy about that timeout. Yo, and Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrum. We have a scrum in Madison. Players are pushing and shoving. This is an ugly scene. This is an ugly scene. Oh, my God. Yes, it was an ugly scene. I like it how they're playing the music because usually they're going to the next game, but they, they kept playing the music, but they're like, the producer and Bax probably like, no, no, stay on the shot. Stay on the shot. And, like, you think they're going to break, but wait, did Juwan Howard just throw a right hand? Cut the music. Keep it there. I, I just think that's out. I just, I just thought that was that was an interesting yeah. moment. All right, so so Chris, let me just give you my quick opinions on it. And I'll let yeah, you go. Let absolutely. you go with it. Yeah. Um, Greg Gard, something you didn't see. He does put his hands on Juwan Howard first, but it wasn't a punch and it wasn't a physical assault. You can say it was inappropriate, and I think Greg Gard did not handle it right either. If Juwan Howard wants to walk past you, let him walk past you. Don't stop him, or at the very least, let him calm down and then give him a call tomorrow and say, hey, Juwan, here's why I called the timeout. Now, I think Greg Gard is also a moron. Okay, He shouldn't have called that timeout. It was stupid. You're embarrassing the other team by doing that, but... He shouldn't have put his hands on Juwan Howard. And it was kind of like one of those, hey, stay here. I'm going to hold your shoulder. He was wrong. He shouldn't have done that. But nothing he did would issue a suspension. Nothing he did, in my opinion, would issue any type of action by the University of Wisconsin. It was wrong, but we can do wrong things, and it doesn't mean we need to be disciplined for it. Juwan Howard then throws a... Whether it was an open slap hit or a punch, doesn't matter. It was a physical assault of one of Wisconsin's assistant coaches. Then what happens after that? Of course, when your head coach throws a punch, your players are going to throw punches. You're putting everybody in jeopardy. It is disgusting. Usually when I talk about a fight in a sporting event, it's usually hockey players or or somebody on a football players. It's usually not coaches that are throwing punches. Juwan Howard, no question about it, committed a physical assault. He should be arrested. At a minimum, he should be suspended the rest of the year. And listen, he's not going to be fired because he's Juwan Howard. But if that was anybody else in the workplace, we would be fired. Now, here's what's even worse, Chris, and then I'm going to let you go with it and give you ample time. I want you to hear Juwan Howard's take, excuse, uh, and then we're going to hear from both coaches here. So these are both coaches after the game. So let's have a listen to that. Well, as far as touching, I mean, obviously, it's obvious touching with the handshake line. There, it must have been more than that. Oh, yeah, it was more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touching, touching me unnecessarily wasn't was cause for that when we were talking. And at that, at that point, you know, I thought that was, you know, time to protect myself. And then later after some of the players it was going down the line with everybody, they were all fine. And he came up to me and pulled his max, max down and said, I'll remember that. And he started pointing at me and tapped me in the chest. And I said, hold on. Let me explain to you why I took the timeout. Maybe he doesn't know the rule that you get the 10 seconds reset. 
I wasn't going to put my players in that type of situation to have to break a press in four seconds, come and stiff and cold off the bench. I wouldn't do that for a regular group. I can take a timeout. That's um, it gives my players the best chance to have success. So that's where it started that he said, I'll remember that, I'll remember that. And I said, hey, let me tell you why I did what I did. And he didn't want any part of that and um, kept moving on. So Okay, so Chris, Juwan Howard says he was trying to defend himself from what? Give me your take on this. This is absurd. Okay, so here's the deal. So much to unpack here. You went back to start off the segment talking about the prequel, right? What happened prior to the end of the game? That led up to the animosity and to everybody being upset. You talked about the, you know, the, half, the, the, the press that Wisconsin engaged in, and then you talked about the timeout. Or excuse me, the, the press that uh, Michigan engaged in, and you talked about the timeout. Okay, whether or not we can get into, you know, go down rabbit holes of we thought this, you know, we thought Juwan Howard wasn't justified in being upset, and then we think that guard was justified in calling the timeout. Regardless of what we may feel in our opinions, the fact of the matter is this. Jawan was upset about the timeout, okay? And guard, you know, and I guess this could be in my opinion, but I think it was the actual reality. Guard was looking to, the reason I think he called the timeout was to combat the, the, the full court press, right? That was the purpose, right. I thought. Yep. That, that, that's what eventually came out. Now, everything that uh, previously happened there that led up to what happened in the, in the uh, end of game line I think is, you know, you can talk about it, we can discuss it, regardless, it has nothing to do with the end result that ended up being the huge controversy, ended up being the spark plug to all this, okay? And I'm including, by the way, the touchy-feeliness of guard, as far as Juwan Howard, at the end of the game, right? Where people are saying, well, he kind of touched him, but it wasn't really anything that you should get upset about, and Juwan was justified for being mad about that. What I want to address is the reason this whole thing is a, is a big deal for Jawan Howard. It's not, let's be straight about it, right, guys? It's not really a big deal for anybody else except for Jawan Howard right now at this point and the reputation of the University of Michigan also in this too, but for Jawan Howard because he's the one that sparked all of this when he crossed the line. You made the description, you made the description of what actually happened, right? As far as, uh, you know, the, him being touchy-feely and then, you know, moments passed and then, of course, there was a, you know, we can call it, we can call it a, a B-slap or you can call it a, a half-punch, whatever it was, a punch, whatever, to an assistant coach, right? Which is essentially amounts to an assault on the court in front of the scorer's table, okay? That was something that triggered a melee, okay, on the court in front of the scorer's table. A lot of people, I'm sure, might have ventured back to the malice in the palace because it was right there in front of the, the scorer's table and you had numerous people engaged in you know, uh, a scuffle, essentially, at the end of a college basketball game. And I've talked about this on social media with you, and I've talked about it with you and Brian, and Brian as well as uh, Numchuck and, and Wiz. Look, this is a thing where I, I, I've been following college basketball for over four decades, whether remembering it or covering it or watching it. I don't remember any scenario anything close to this that's taken place where a coach has physically assaulted another coach in a post-game lineup where you're essentially shaking hands, you know, and uh, and exchanging pleasantries, okay? Chris, I've never seen it. So let me get back to but let me finish off real quick mm-hmm. by saying this, okay? Jawan Howard, so he throws the punch, or just, call it, just for the sake of argument, a punch, on an, towards an assistant coach, okay? And then the post-game press conference... You start talking about the engagement between you and guard, the other head coach, which took place 
moments before you actually crossed the line, okay, and committed the offense mm-hmm. that is either going to get you severely mm-hmm. uh, reprimanded, a.k.a. a suspension, huge fine, whatever, or possibly being terminated. I don't think it's been determined yet. But the point being is that he... It was it was a ridiculous excuse mm-hmm. in the post game press conference that the reason you engage you threw the punch on another guy was because of an interaction you had with guard moments earlier. It makes no sense. No, that that's not an, a valid excuse or a reason why Jawan Howard should should be able to should do that. So to me, it comes it boils down to this. I thought it was a a a, a weak. An uh, explanation by Jawan Howard afterwards. I think it was an embarrassment to Michigan basketball. It's an embarrassment, obviously, to Jawan Howard, and it's certainly an embarrassment to the University of Michigan as a whole because you have a guy who's a you know one, one of your uh, a guy who's a, a high profile guy in your program that's doing this on national TV, and I don't think it ends well for Jawan Howard. Do I? But uh, do I think that he's going to be fired? I don't think so. No. But I think that he has coached his last game here in the 21-22 season in yeah. college basketball. So here's what is even more ridiculous, and you alluded to this. Juwan Howard in the press conference after the game said he was doing it because he was claiming that he was defending himself or protecting himself is the word that he used. Absurd. Uh, the idea yeah. that when Greg Gard, who is half his size, puts his hand on his shoulder, that somehow that would defend or warrant Juwan Howard punching or slapping an individual is one of the most ridiculous and ignorant excuses I have ever heard in my life. If Juwan Howard just after the game said, you know what? I lost my cool. Here's why I lost my cool. I'm not defending it. I apologize for that, but here's why I lost my cool. At least I would have a little bit of respect for him, but I have lost a lot of respect for Juwan Howard, the basketball coach. Juwan Howard, the basketball player, phenomenal player. Uh, as a basketball coach, uh, he's going to have to do a lot, uh, I think, to uh, put a Band-Aid over this. The first thing he has to do is hold a press conference and own it. He didn't do that. In fact, he did the opposite after the game. Yeah. He did the opposite. And this is more important than anything else. As a coach, you're a leader. And I hate to use cliches, but I'm going to here. You lead young men. As the head basketball coach of Michigan, which is a huge basketball-storied program, when you lose your cool like that and you hit or punch another coach, how do you expect your kids to react when they're in the pressures of a physical college basketball game? How do you respect your coach? When your coach does something like that and you lose your cool, could be weeks, months, or maybe a year later, and your coach, you can't lose your cool like that, then I'm thinking about, well, wait a second, my coach lost his cool, he did this. It is such a horrible precedent, and I understand we all make mistakes in life, okay? I get it. But there's a reason why we've never really had to talk about this ever. The closest thing that I can talk about with two coaches almost going at it was when Coach Cheney, the late Coach Cheney over at Temple University and John Calipari. I remember that press conference, and it was a very famous press conference. Calipari and Cheney, while they didn't throw any punches, it looked like if nobody got between them, Cheney definitely would have kicked John Calipari's ass. The late uh, uh, Coach Cheney, by the way. And that was an embarrassment. But what Cheney did afterwards is he apologized. He reached out to Coach Calipari, didn't like him, but reached out to him. He held a press conference. He said he was sorry. He knew he was wrong. And he didn't even land any hits or anything. But he owned it. He owned it. And he had reasons for being upset in that game. Because I think it was uh, Calipari's own players, or he told his own players to be physical. And But whatever. 
Cheney knew he was wrong, and he owned it, and he admitted it, because we all lose our cool from time to time. Juwan Howard committed a physical assault. He should have been arrested. And I know some people are going to disagree with me on that, but I believe that Juwan Howard should have been arrested for assault. This is not a hockey game where you're allowed to drop the gloves and go at it. Okay, These are two college basketball coaches. One was an assistant. Juwan Howard, the head coach of Michigan, assaulted another coach. What would have happened if one of his players or one of the players on Wisconsin broke their wrist or somebody broke their nose or somebody got uh, a concussion? Who do you blame? Now, you could start by blaming the person who throws the punch, but the original blame would go on Juwan Howard because he's the one who started that melee. Before Juwan Howard got physical, before he got physical, there were just words being exchanged. Heated words? Yes, but words. The second Juwan Howard decided to physically assault somebody, that's when there was a melee. And that all goes on Juwan Howard. Do I believe he should be fired? Yes. Do I think that's going to happen? No. But this is an embarrassment to college basketball. It's an embarrassment to both teams, even though I do not believe that Wisconsin's coach deserves to be disciplined. However, I do believe if he does something to piss somebody off, he probably shouldn't put his hands on somebody, even if he puts his hands on somebody's shoulder. He did not handle it the right way. If somebody wants to ignore you and they're heated, forget about a basketball situation, just in general life. When you know somebody's pissed off at you, what do you do in that situation to to kind of ease things? Do you put your hand on them and, and talk to them and say how you're right and they're wrong? Or do you just kind of let it go and then you talk to them? You let it go. You let it go. He should have let Juwan Howard walk past him. With that being said, this is 100% Juwan Howard's fault. A key point you bring up is Juwan Howard isn't just a part of the University of Michigan's basketball program. He's not just an assistant coach. Okay, He is, as you just quoted, a leader of men. Right? He is the head coach. He is the figurehead. He is, uh, uh, you know, for your lack of a better uh, term, he's uh, essentially, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, is really a beacon when it comes to University of Michigan basketball at this point. So that's why this be this has more. Look, there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, on social media and across the board that are saying, well, a lot of you guys are just making a, a mountain out of a molehole. You know, I mean, you're blowing it way out of proportion, calling for him to be fired. You know what? There's been a heck of a lot of coaches that have done less from yeah. a physicality standpoint yeah. that have gotten bounced out of their gigs, okay? You can think back to Bobby Knight, you know, regarding the situation John, with John Gruden. John Gruden. John Gruden. <laughs> you can think about uh, Woody Hayes with, uh, with uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes back in the day, you know, uh, basically uh, jumping onto the field. Right. And, uh, and 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 drilling somebody from the opposite team. Right. He got fired for that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of coaches, college. How about this, Brian and Numchuck and the guys? How about this? You know, uh, there's been coaches that have been fired because they've been verbally verbally too abusive to their players, yeah. and they lose their jobs. Okay, or they're they're reprimanded severely. So there isn't. You talked about precedent. There is some precedent now. Obviously, this is a situation that's unique in that you know it's a. Uh, you know, a head coach of a program on C- on the CBS Sunday game of the week right. that's going and punching an assistant coach on the other right. team. Right. That uh, that again, I pointed out before. I've I've never seen happen before. I've never seen these circumstances present themselves. That being said, I, I, you just can't make excuses for Juwan Howard here. And I'm not saying you are. I'm saying, and, and but there are people out there that yeah, are, and there are there are people out there that are saying fire him. That's that's ridiculous. That's it's crazy. Not, it's not going to happen. That, that, that he's going to get fired yeah. or that he should be fired. 
I mean, you can make the case for it. I don't think he's going to, but I think you can make a fair case that he could be fired. People are bringing up the incident that took place last year against, I believe it was the University of Maryland, where Jawan Howard got into it, and there was some kind of uh, altercation as well during that game or after that game. I, don't rem- I didn't see it. I don't remember what it was, but it was brought up all over social media yesterday when this happened, and it was used as, uh, well, look, this isn't the first time Jawan Howard's been involved in something like this. So Maryland from coach, a coaching yeah. standpoint, yep. but to kind of circle back to what Brian, what you started off by saying about Jawan Howard, this isn't about him as a basketball player, right? Tremendous basketball player, both in college, high school, and in the pros, right? This is more about his coaching stint and his relatively young coaching stint. And it is absolutely a black eye for Jawan Howard as far as his coaching career. And we're still relatively young into it. You know, if he's uh, if he's looking to to continue on as a head coach, and this type of thing happens, is just it's just awful for uh, for him, uh, for the University of Michigan, and for that program. So, and I was just we'll watching see exactly what happens. I mean, look, I I'm kind of surprised to be honest with you that the Big Ten hasn't taken quicker action regarding uh, what they're going to do here. Maybe they're just kind of you know cross you know uh, crossing their T's and dotting their I's as far as what they need to do here. But yeah. there needs to be you know some kind of ramifications that are significant. Mm-hmm. Where you know Jawan Howard is made aware, and uh, and 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 of course the University of Michigan will get involved too. I'm sure with disciplinary action as well. But uh, yeah, this is just a it's just a just a it's just a bad deal yeah. all around. Let me Juwan. be clear here. You know, I had a listener that that sent me a message uh, okay. that that called Jawan Howard a thug. I don't you like. See, I don't. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me yeah. respond to that. Okay. When you use that term, it has racial connotations. I am not going to do that. This story has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with Juwan Howard, a head men's basketball coach, losing his cool and doing something really stupid. So I'm not using that term. I think Juwan Howard has a screw loose, and I, and he's had issues before. Uh, I just saw a video that our producer just showed me uh, when he got into a confrontation and he had an issue with the head coach of Maryland. Now, no punches were thrown, yeah. but we know that Juwan Howard has a history of losing his cool, okay? Anger management issue. As a head coach. Yes, yes, as a head coach. That's an issue. That's a problem. And that needs to be addressed because here's the problem we face, Chris. Well, not we, but he yeah. and the University of Michigan. Let's just say, and I agree with you. I think he's not going to be fired. He's probably going to be suspended. Yeah. Let's just say they bring him back next year, Chris. Let's just say he has another issue. Maybe he puts his hand on a player. Maybe he pushes a coach or something. Then who do we blame? Now, of course, you start by blaming John Howard, but you also blame the university because they didn't fire him to begin with. This is the issue. So he's going to have to be put on some sort of no-tolerance policy where if he does anything wrong, he's gone. He's going to be put on probation. We know that. The NCAA is probably going to force that to happen. He's got to be put on some sort of probation. He's going to be suspended. There's going to be a no-tolerance policy. You know, I remember uh, my good friend, uh, former uh, head basketball coach and former coach of the year, Larry Eustachian, right. was under uh, those similar situations, not for putting his hand on anybody, for using the C word, for calling players four-letter words. He was put on probation and a no-tolerance policy just for that. So if you're going to put somebody on a no-tolerance policy for calling somebody a name, you damn well better put him on a no-tolerance policy uh, for that. But anyway, we got to take a break, Chris. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, certainly agree on this issue. It was wrong. It was terrible. It was an embarrassment for not only University of Michigan and Juwan Howard and uh, for all of college basketball. This is a really, it was a sad scene yesterday and uh, just can't happen again. So I hope Juwan Howard comes out and apologizes for what he did. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, one of my favorite guests, Real Kid Poker. Of course, I'm talking about uh, one of the best poker players in the world for the last 25 years, also VGK Superfan. Uh, I agree with Danny Negreanu on just about everything. 
But we are going to get into a debate coming up next. It has something to do with the goaltender situation for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's Chris Wynn. He's sticking around. I'm Brian Shapiro. This is Pushing the Limits. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Real Kid Poker, Danny Negreanu talking a little VGK hockey right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits. I'm Brian Shapiro. Thank you so much for joining us. Chris Wynn joining us in studio as well. You know, I get a lot of people that ask me, you can have those same guests, because we love the guests you had on the Vegas take. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them, I probably won't have some of the wacky right-wing guests that my uh, former sidekick had on. I probably won't have those guests, but I'll have most of them. One of my favorite guests that I've been having on the show for years is the guy joining me on the line right now. Uh, not only has always been one of my favorite poker players to watch and one of the best poker players in the world for quite some time, he's also probably one of the most knowledgeable hockey people I've ever spoke to. He's a VGK super fan and a World Series of Poker champion, and it's always a pleasure to have Real Kid Poker, Daniel DeGrande, joining us back uh, on the show. Daniel, good to have you on, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been a while. Nice to hear your voice again. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, good to have you on uh, as well. Before we get to VGK Hockey, how have you been doing the last couple months? How have the cards been running for you? Any big tournaments you played in as of recent? What can you tell us? I did. Um, last year I won a series called the Poker Go Cup, and it happened again recently, and I, you know, I made a valiant effort to repeat. I did win one of the eight events, came fifth in the final, so I had a profitable series, but fell short of uh, you know being crowned Poker Go champ, but uh, Poker Go Cup champion, but there's a whole bunch of tournaments coming up here at the Win and uh, the Poker Go Studio at the Aria. So I'm gearing up. The U.S. Poker opens uh, middle of March, so we'll be a lot of poker ahead. And then before you know it, World Series of Poker's back, and this year at a new venue, the new you know Bally's Paris venue, which will be rebranded the Horseshoe. So that's yeah. kind of exciting. How do you feel about that? Did you feel like the Rio it was getting a little bit stale over there? How do you feel about the WSOP changing venues? Personally, if it was up to me, we'd play at the Rio forever because it's the perfect location. You know, you have plenty of room back there. Very, very easy to get to from a parking perspective. And, you know, this is sort of an unknown. A lot of people were like, oh, I'm sick of the Rio. You know, I want to move. I'm like, be careful what you wish for because <laughs> I think traffic and, you know, I think traffic and parking could be a bit of an issue. I'm sure it'll be a little nicer. And I do think it's really cool to sort of, you know, have the Binions back in action. You know, the Binions brand, uh, you'll see them you know, those casinos all over the country. Uh, but here in Las Vegas, it's sort of waned a little bit. And to have it back on the Strip, center stage, with, uh, you know, tied to the World Series of Poker, I think that's really cool. Uh, Daniel, I do agree with you, though. I think the Rio is easy access, right, to get back there. And I think when you got something right in the middle of the Strip, it's going to be a little more difficult for the casual person to park and to get to. But, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I just wanted to say, last night, you know, I'm on YouTube and I'm watching uh, – I used to love watching high-stakes poker, right? You were a star of that right from the beginning. I used to love these half-a-million-dollar pots you'd get into, and, and it was so much fun, and you had great characters at the table. I don't know, man. I just feel like we're missing that. Maybe I'm an old-school guy. I like the old high-stakes poker. I want to hear Gabe Kaplan criticizing Danny Negreanu. Okay, well, i got to interrupt you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. i got to interrupt you. Are you not aware that tonight the new season of high-stakes poker airs? I did not tonight, know that. I didn't know. Poker Go. The issue is it's behind a paywall, so you have to have a Poker Go subscription. Ah. Poker Go is a service. It's about 8 bucks a month, has all the poker content. In fact, before this call, I was just watching it. Tonight's episode, all your favorites, Good. Bill Ivey, Tom Dwan, Doyle Brunson, myself, Patrick Antonius. It's, it's going to be, like you said, cash back on the table for the first time. 
And the new season, as I said, uh, airs tonight and will every Monday for the next uh, 13 weeks or so. Wow. And all the catalogs, you can watch it live or you can watch it, you know, on demand at Poker Go. Well, so you can get an annual, I think, for like that's an cheap. annual subscription will cost like 90 bucks in, that's in that cheap. neighborhood. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm a, I'm a big fan of high-stakes poker because, you know, the main reason is it's your money. It's real poker. Yeah. Oh, but, and to, to boot, Gabe Kaplan, A.J. Benza in the booth doing the commentary. I, I, that was my next question. Uh, I'm, I'm not as big of an A.J. Benza fan. I, I like because uh, I don't think A.J. Benza knows, knows a lot about poker. But I, but I will say Gabe Kaplan is a very knowledgeable guy. I'm sure you would agree. He's a knowledgeable poker player. He's funny. I, uh, Gabe has always been one of my favorite announcers. I don't know how you feel about that. Who's like your favorite poker announcer? Well, there's no question. There's one guy who's a cut above everybody else. It's really not a – it's not a – there's no second place here, and the answer is Nick Shulman, mm-hmm. who's also an accomplished top pro, and he does plenty of commentary on a lot of the Poker Go streams. Uh, it's just the best. I think universally everyone in poker, when they listen to Nick, he's got that smooth, silky voice. Him and Ali Najad together as a tandem, mm-hmm. Ali Najad has a vocabulary that's extensive and really knows how to spin. You know, they, they play off each other really well. Plenty of humor. Yep. You know, it's 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 they're the best. They're the they're the A team for sure. And I know I, I I agree with you. Nick's really good. And actually, I actually saw Nick win his first big poker tournament. I believe it was the World Poker Tour at Foxwoods. I was actually there when Nick won that tournament. And I agree with you. He's a really smart guy, and he's really really good. All right, Daniel. So I, I've told people this, you know, time and time again about you. Uh, I agree with you like ninety nine percent of the time. We could be talking about politics. We could be talking about poker. Just about ninety nine percent of the time. Dude. About ninety nine. I don't know if it's that high. But here's the one percentage where it comes in, Daniel, and it's a big one. I know you're friends with Robin Leonard. We I, we disagree on Robin Leonard. I don't think Robin Leonard is the guy. Now, I know he's hurt right now, but I don't think Robin Leonard's the guy that's going to get us to the promised land, the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I've always felt like Fleury should have stayed. Uh, assuming that Robin Leonard gets healthy, and that's a big assumption, but assuming he does, do you still feel that Robin Leonard is the guy that the Knights need between the pipes? Well, at this point, right? Robin Lehner is your number one goalie, and that's not going to change. So you're going to have to accept that one way or the other. The one thing that you just, I don't know, you seem to be blind to or just won't acknowledge is like (laughs) simple math and facts. Simple math and facts. When you look at his save percentage over the last decade on bad teams, on good teams, regardless, Robin Lehner has been a stalwart. He has been a top five goalie, a save percentage, top of the league for the past five seasons. Obviously, I love Flurry just as much as you did. But a cardinal sin, any GM who does this, I would fire immediately. You do not want two goalies who make over $2 million for your backup. It does not make sense because in the playoffs, you're always going to use one. You will have one goalie and one guy sits. So why would you have two goalies that make $5 million where you're guaranteeing that $5 million of your cap that could be used on the ice will be on the bench? Mm-hmm. Guaranteed, because you can't use two goalies in a game. So huge mistake to have you know more than $2 million spent on a backup. I understand, you know, the Boisson deal, 2.3, reasonable. But I, I think, for example, if we have to make room for, you know, Stone coming back, you know, moving a Boisson and putting Logan Thompson in that backup role, that's going to save you about $1.6 million, right? You know, maybe you'd have to move a Dadnov or whatever the case may be. But it looks like Mark Stone will be out for the remainder of the season, which is my guess, and maybe back, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of the first mm-hmm. round just to make it yep. look good. If you're just joining us, uh, he is Real Kid Poker, Danny Negrano. Okay, Daniel, here's why I disagree with you. Uh, here's the main reason. A lot of people will say John Stockton, the best uh, uh, 
basketball guard of all time. Uh, we all know that's not true. Uh, we could say Russell Westbrook uh, averaging all those triple doubles is one of the best basketball players of all time. We know that's not true. Can you give me a percentage of how Robin Leonard, uh, how many saves has he made in a Game 7 of a playoff series? So this is one of your dumbest takes. Like, absolutely. It really is. Like, of all the takes you have, this one is next-level stupid. Okay, so in hockey, there are 23 players, okay? If 22 of them absolutely suck, it doesn't matter how good player number 23 is, right? This isn't a one-man game. So a lot rides on the team you're playing in front of, right? Robin Lehner, as you mentioned, he's been on a lot of bad teams. He played in one team that was okay, the Islanders, when they were the top defensive team in the league. You know, no matter who you are in hockey, it is a team sport. You can be Connor McDavid. You could be Fee, You could be Mark Andre Fleury. There's no. How about this? Mark Andre Fleury has, and I love Mark Andre. He's never won a cup for a team. It's always been a team effort where he had the right kind of team in front of him that was full of superstars as well. So that idea is just nonsense. But Daniel, hang on. Of course, Let me Robin ju- hasn't been put. But Daniel- how about this? You know what? Robin has never, in his entire career, not, had a goal allowed. In a game seven in the Stanley Cup okay, Finals. But, but That's a fact. I hear you, Daniel. But, oh, but hold on a second. In my and again, Daniel, I, you know I respect your opinion, but this is uh, to me this isn't stupid. Experience is not stupid. Okay, you can't put a price on that. You can say Robin Leonard's the best hockey goalie in the history of the league. The bottom line is he doesn't have the experience in a must-win game seven. You cannot tell me that that's stupid and that's not a valuable thing for a guy between right, the pipes to have. Right, but every single goalie. Every single goalie that's been a top-notch goalie, before they've had experience in a Game 7, they had their first chance. And you're right. You know, Robin hasn't been in that case. You're making the assumption, though, that as a, as a result of him never being tested in that position, that he will fail. And there's no evidence of that either. There's certainly no evidence that he's going to succeed, but there's no evidence of failure. Wouldn't so you, it's kind of a silly thing to discuss. What, well, wouldn't you rather have somebody like Mark andre Fleury who does have the experience, who's been there well, let before? let me tell you this. If we're going to go back, if we're going to go back to where we started, right? I never would have been so stupid as to have two goalies making five and seven million in the first. I agree. Place, okay? I agree. I never would have done that. I agree. Having said that, once they made this mistake and then they signed Laner to a long-term deal in the off-season, it would have been the dumbest move in history to keep both. Just horrendously stupid. One had to go. Flurry's in a free agent year. He's also, you know, seven years older. So for them, Robin Lehner was a little bit cheaper, a little st- you know, more steady in terms of age, so it made sense to move Flurry because he was a free agent end of this year. So this was a forced situation. Now, I do fault management for putting themselves in this situation, but once it was made, you know, keeping Flurry, then what do you do next year? You know, you're on the free agent market looking for a new goalie potentially because, you know, there's no guarantees that Flurry would come back. To jump in between, uh, you're, you're both in a very entertaining and engaging debate here between you guys regarding Rob. Look, uh, uh, in short, Daniel is right, okay, when it comes to save percentage in Robin Leonard's career. He's been absolutely outstanding when he's been between the pipes in spots throughout his career. On the other hand, though, Daniel, I have to put this out there, okay? Robin Leonard's been in the NHL since, what, 2013? I believe was his first time mm-hmm. in the league. He came into the league with the Ottawa Senators for most of his career, okay? He has been dealing with a platooning situation, whether it was with Craig Anderson in Ottawa, whether it was with Crawford in Chicago. Obviously, he's had other stops throughout the league. Uh, Daniel brought up, I believe it was, what, the 2015-16 season with the Islanders, where he had, in my opinion, 
was his best season, right? He won the was it the Matthews Trophy? It's mm-hmm. not the Vesna, but the Matthews Trophy, where it's every any team in the NHL yeah. has the least amount of goals. I believe he's won that the twice. Will, the right? William Jennings, the, the William, excuse Jennings me, the William Trophy. Jennings Award, where the team that has the least amount of goals uh, doesn't matter if it's one goal; it can be multiple goalies, right? And Leonard's yeah, won he that also twice. Did it. He's won yeah. that twice now. Yeah, correct. But but the point I'm trying to make is that uh, throughout Robin Leonard's entire career. There's been a lot of ups and downs, right? There's been a lot of, and, and yes, as Daniel has pointed out, there has been points where you could say, you know what, Robin Leonard is a top five goaltender in the NHL without question, okay? But the problem I have with that overall analysis of him is that there hasn't been a consistent amount of those moments, Daniel. You know what I mean? There right. hasn't been, so and, and, and by the way, I also, yeah, there hasn't been any – he hasn't had any all-star appearances, right? He hasn't won a Vesna trophy, although he's been in contention. He hasn't well, won those, one. Those, those, were, and, those are stupid. Well, I, I mean, do you think I, the all-star team is well representative are, of like, who the best players were? Well, <laughs> well it's voted no, on but, by but, the but fans. But, Daniel, look at, yeah. you look, at the, look at every great goaltender from Plant to Glenn Alda, Sawchuk to Brodeur to Patrick Wall. Well, no, I got to disagree. It's a measuring stick. Is Laner has had highs and lows throughout his career. Off the ice, sure. On the ice – Absolutely disagree. Where are the lows? He's been a consistent, you know, con- 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 like consistent performer in each season in all types of different systems on good teams and as bad as you mentioned. The one thing that you did say that that is a valid point is that he's always been in a platoon situation. So the question is, is he capable of of sh- shouldering the load uh, as the number one clear cut starter and then going through the playoffs? And that's unproven at this point. There's no question about that. I wouldn't debate that. But I just don't think there's a lot of value in this at this point because like. What exactly is your plan now? Like, Laner's your starter. He's the guy. That's we have not heard going rumors. Well, I, no, no, I agree with you on that. Like, now, we're, look, we have, to, we have to address it from now. It's 2021-22, right? We have to, and Leonard's the guy. There's not really a debate as far as that as far as goes with the Vegas Golden Knights. Leonard is now the okay, number so one let me, guy. Hold on. I'm just talking about the overall. Let me no ask Daniel. And by the way, you talked about, you know, you talked about he's been in a lot of platoon situations. What other great goaltenders are you talking about? You think about the top 30 to 50 goaltenders in NHL history. How many of these goaltenders are in you know multiple platoon situations in the NHL? If you're a great well, goaltender, you know you're is? not platooning with that's, anybody. You know? That's discrimination and disrespect about the stigma of mental illness is what it is. His salary, his, the deals that he get get year to year, it was 100% related to the stigma and clear discrimination against somebody who chose to be open about having bipolar disorder. That is the yeah. reason that a lot of management teams were, were wary of having him as their number one guy. They were always afraid that he wouldn't be able to hack it or that if his meds were a little bit off, that, uh, you know, that, that, he, that he couldn't do that. Now he's having the opportunity for one of the first few times, and you got to give kudos to the Vegas Golden Knights for sort of putting that aside and saying, you know what, we believe in this guy. And this is his first year to prove it. And I think, listen, let's see how these playoffs go, you know, where he is, the, you know, the, cut, the, cold, you know, the, the, the clear-cut starter. Hopefully he's not hurt by then, and we'll see. And we can judge once we actually have something to judge. At this point, we don't. We don't have any evidence of him like as you know, you keep pointing out about him and being in a Game 7 and Stanley Cup final. We shall see. Okay. Well, you're right. That's the great thing about sports is, is we shall see. Listen, a mental illness has been talked about 
uh, a lot as of recently, uh, especially now the whole Naomi Osaka situation. Listen, I feel for anybody who suffers from mental illness, and I don't think anybody should be discriminated against. But that being said, I thought Naomi Osaka needs to face the music and speak to the media. I'm not saying that Robin Leonard hasn't made some great points and some valid points when it comes to the NHL. And I, I again, I do sympathize from him. But in our society, the bottom line is you got to get it done as a professional hockey player, as a professional athlete. And guys, too, it's all part of the big picture when you bring up his, you know, his yeah. his past history. Look, it's, it's not. Not just about mental illness. Look, he's had issues with alcoholism, right, and other and other stuff that's wait, going wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. Well, I'm well, going to stop you there because you got. Well, listen, I have a very deep. I have someone very close to me yeah. who is bipolar, and this idea of alcohol and drugs. If you understand the depth of what bipolarity is, unmedicated, untreated, people use drugs not because they are drug addicts or because they have problems with drugs. It's because they have to get out of their own head and they self medicate. I'm not. So I'm, it's not I'm, that. People well, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to make that clear. Okay, no doubt. I, and, I, and look, Daniel, I'm not trying to speak about it in a derogatory fashion. I'm not trying to down, I'm not trying to you know insult Robin Leonard. I'm just talking about it as far as part of the big picture throughout his career, what he's had to deal with, right? And you because you brought it up, you talked about the teams having stigmas, right? But the the reality is what the reality was as far as what those situations uh, that, that he was in from a professional standpoint, right? As a as an NHL goaltender, you know things took place. I mean, we can we can nitpick all day long about. Was it his fault or their fault, or was it the organization being, you know, discriminative towards him and all that? I'm just talking about the big picture of his career and what his career has amounted Mm -hmm. to up to this point in Mm 2021-22. Well, listen, the bottom line here is this. Uh, I think we all could agree in this room. I know, Dan, you, we want Robin Leonard to succeed. We want the Vegas Golden Knights to succeed. And I hope it works out. I was a big Marc-Andre Fleury guy, and and I think where we disagree the most and uh, you know, is is when it comes down to it, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, particularly in a Game 7, I would rather have Marc-Andre Fleury between the pipes than Robin Leonard. But I hope Robin Leonard... Here's the thing, you know, if you want to talk about the entirety of the history, and I love Flurry as well, yeah. Flurry himself has had, you know, psychological breakdowns that have absolutely cost his team victories. You know, the one in Montreal, but more importantly, even, even the one in San Jose and the overtime, that sloppy goal. And before he had a sports psychologist in Pittsburgh and lost his job to Matt Murray, you know, when they won those couple cups. So, like, I love Flurry, but, you know, if we're going to compare Robin Lehner's ups and downs, Flurry's had some as well. And Flurry now, older, stronger, smarter, got it all figured out. But there definitely were highs and lows in both of their careers. Robin Later just happens to have about seven years of youth on Flurry right now. Uh, yeah, uh, that that being said, again, uh, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah, seven years of, of youth. I just want experience. Uh, but but you know, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on that one. But when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights, how difficult? First of all, let's talk about Jack Eichel. Uh, you know. The game yesterday, I think that was uh, Eichel's best performance thus far as a Vegas Golden Knight. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, this is a guy that's going to be, uh, he's one of the most exciting players in the league. Uh, it sucks that Mark Stone isn't out there and he's hurt. Imagine how good this team will be when Mark Stone is is healthy. But with that being said, Eichel, uh, just talk to me a little bit of his performance, particularly last night. He's gotten better over the course of these first several games. Yeah, so even before we had Jack Eichel in, uh, you know, in our sights, I love this player, right? I think he's a cheat code in overtime. When, when you get an opportunity to see him three-on-three, three, it's like a cheat code. He's unbelievably skilled and hangs on to the puck. And, and as you can see, you know, in the first game, I was really impressed with the fact that he was willing to get engaged in physical you know, altercations and things like that. He, you know, he wasn't afraid of the dirty areas. And you know, there was a couple things where he was a little off timing wise and then that improved you know you know by the second game and now you're seeing you know part of what Jack Eichel's really capable of I think in time you're just going to see a superstar here you know when you look back at the trade now um so far obviously you look at what Buffalo's gotten and they're like oh my god this is fantastic you got Alex Tuck 
scoring better than point a game. Peyton Krebs is coming to his own, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, they, we hadn't even had Eichel, but now we're starting to see sort of, uh, the, you know, benefits of, of bringing him on. Um, my real concern with the deal overall will be if we have, if we're forced to lose somebody else, now you're mm-hmm. talking about a real big haul. Mm-hmm. Like if we had to lose a Riley Smith or a Dodonov or a Theodore in addition, now you've, you're somewhat, uh, you know, uh, you know, behind the eight ball. But I do think Jack Eichel now with 10 million a year over the next four, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be the central figure on this team and the team's going to look different next year because they're going to have to make yeah. some decisions. But Can as you- of right now, yeah. him being on top of that, you know, I think what he does that's really going to help this team, especially in the playoffs is, one of two things. Number one, the power play. Sure. He plays hot potato and he can he can hang on to the puck. And number two, when defenses do what they've done to Vegas the last couple of years, where they just, you know, build a wall around the front of the net and say, Take all the perimeter shots you want, you can't score. Jack yeah. Eichel will find ways to break through those defenses and be mm-hmm. a game breaker that uh that I think is gonna be a difference maker. And I do see the Vegas Golden Knights going deep. Yeah, we definitely agree on that. As I said, I usually always agree with Danny when it comes to everything, but it's always a good debate when Daniel comes on and we talk a little bit about uh, the goaltending situation. Daniel, it is always a pleasure. I always appreciate it when you come on. Look forward to our next good discussion. It always is a good one when you come on, my friend. Hope the cards are good for you. And I am going to watch that high-stakes poker tonight. I am going to get a subscription, and I'm going to watch. Absolutely. You're going to enjoy it. It's a good right. season. Real Kid Poker. Daniel, thanks so much thanks, for coming Daniel. on, my man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Take care, guys. Take care. That is Real Kid Poker, Daniel DeGrande. By the way, I was going to ask him, um, he did make a very large wager. Was it stupid to make a wager that the Knights were going to beat the Canadians? Because he did lose, I think, six figures on that. But I wasn't going to poke the bear. I wasn't going to poke the bear because Daniel's an extremely intelligent guy. Uh, We do disagree from time to time. Uh, I don't think my opinion is stupid when it comes to Robin Leonard. It's just a different opinion. That's all. But that's okay. Daniel's allowed to insult me. He came strong with it there. I will say that. It's okay. He's he's allowed to insult me. It's fine. Chris, I I do appreciate you coming in. This has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to be back on the radio again. And I appreciate all the listeners out there and, of course, all the people that I thanked at the beginning of the show, Chris being one of them. Appreciate all of you for allowing me to be here. Uh, Tomorrow on the show, oh, Nelly. This is going to be fun. A guy who's running for governor in the state of Nevada. He is, uh, at times, controversial with some of his opinions. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into it tomorrow. Joey Gilbert's going to be joining me in studio tomorrow. Oh, man, is that going to be a lot of fun? By the way, also looking to get Kevin Kruger. I think Kevin's going to be joining us as well. They play Nevada Reno tomorrow night on the road. So this is Rivalry. a big, big, game for, game. big game for UNLV Hoops. By the way, nice win UNLV at home against Colorado State. They yeah. just destroyed them at home. Colorado State's supposed to be the best team, if not one of the best teams in the Mountain West. And, boy, UNLV has not had a problem with them winning home and away. So uh, Kevin will be joining us tomorrow. Preview a game against uh, oh our own good friend Steve Alford uh, on the road against Nevada Reno. Thanks to uh, Numchuck and The Wiz helping me out today. And uh, really can't wait to get back after tomorrow. It's really nice to end a radio show and look forward to coming into work tomorrow. I haven't had that in such a long time. What's going on here, man? What's going on? I don't know. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris, for being here. And we will see you. I'm used to saying bright and early, but we will see you at the crack of noon (laughs) tomorrow, (laughs) noon to 2 p.m. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow.